Charlotte, Rock Hill, Gastonia, 704, North Carolina, South Carolina, surrounding areas. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of Under Construction. I am your host, Jamal, the angry black fan, Darby. To my top left, we have Rodney, Rob Pops Richardson. What up, Roddy? What's up? And after a bit of a hiatus, I am so glad to have my light-skinned brother back. I'm very happy to see this dude, man. Kaza Sose, what's good, brother? What's good, man? Good to be back on the show. Good to have you back, man. And last and certainly not least, under construction, extended family, Danny Thompson joins the show today. What's going on, brother? How are you today? Man, it's great to be back. It's been a while, you know, being back in Charlotte. Now I'm with the, really? the Charlotte crew now, so it is what it is now. Hey, 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 hey. Before we move on, Jamal Akaz, quick question. What's up? Do you consider me light skin or brown skin? You're brown skin. You're not in the light skin club, brother. Sorry. You didn't commit the cut, man. Kaz, I got a vote on this. Yeah, uh, what's I'll be sure's best song? Huh? What's, what's I'll be sure's best song? Your answer determines your life. <laughs> Night and day. <laughs> See, Night and day. See, that's a mainstream. Answer. That's a mainstream song. See, hey, Kaza, hey, Kaza, why was I about to say that song? Ooh, this love is so. You remember that song? See, if you don't know the album cuts, you are not true life skin. <laughs> Listen, to quote my co-host Deshaun Tay on Talking Hoops, Rodney, you didn't graduate from LSU. You didn't graduate from LSU. Life skin University, man. You didn't. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You got a certificate, but you know, be all right, man. Be he got a game ticket. He went, to, he went to one of the home games. Is what he went to. Move <laughs> <laughs> it on. I'm a shade Dan Danny, you know the best thing about having you on the show today? What is that? Is that you have to, you have, you have to be positive about the Panthers today. That's the best part about having you on the show today. So with that being said, Danny <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't breathe heavy. No, no. You, you wrote the article, man. Uh -uh, it's, no. This is your fault, man. So we have Danny Thompson on t today, and he is going to discuss his article uh, from the three-point conversion, which is, it is Thompson time in Carolina. Let's start with the obvious question. Danny, why is it Thompson time in Carolina? It's, I mean, it's one of the things that Carolina's always had over the years. You know, since the team since the team started in 95, one of the main positions they've always had has been middle, middle linebacker. Right. Going back to Sam, Sam Mills, the reason why Keep Pounding started was because of Sam Mills. He was, the, he was the linchpin, the starting point. You go to Michael Barrow, and then you even go down to the history, Dan Morgan, and you now have Luke Keekley, who by, mo by most accounts should be a Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, even with all the concussions and the career ending injury, he has the resume to be a Hall of Famer. So Carolina's always had that linchpin. If it's not been one position, it's always been middle linebacker. And Shaq Thompson had an outstanding season last year, let, had a career high in tackles. He became much more than just a guy who can play the pass. And with now with Keekley now being in the front office, they brought in Tyre Whitehead, I think, from Oakland. But it's yeah. now his time. It's his turn now. I mean, he's a team's return lead, leading returning tackler, and he has the skill set to be the next good. I'm not going to say great. Because he's got to earn that title, but the right. next line and middle linebackers in Panther history to be really good. So I think he has a lot, a lot of those tools and potential. Right, right. Um, you mentioned in the article, and this is one thing that I, you know, I'm really glad you bought it because I think this is going to exponentially help. Uh, you know, hit, hit, hit the adjustment from outside to middle linebackers. You talked about uh, uh, of the return of some of these D linemen coming back, which I think is of the most importance. Um, you know. Uh, mainly Kawan Short, 
Uh, how much do you think that is going to help the adjustment from outside to the middle linebacker? I think it's going to be a huge adjustment getting, you know, getting Kawan back, you know, the pick of Brown in the first round. You have those two guys in the middle. Think about this. Carolina could have drafted Anthony, uh, Anthony Simmons from Clemson, yeah. arguably the most, the most versatile linebacker slash safety in the draft. They could have put him there and been completely fine, even with Luke's situation. Right. But when you know you have Kate, you have Kawan coming back, you know, you have Derek Brown on the board and you know, because you believe in Shaq Thompson so much, you pass on a guy that can play multiple positions in a, in a division that needs versatility. So you have to have some kind of belief knowing that he can transfer over into that middle linebacker position. And you got to think, you learn from one of the best middle linebackers, not just of the decade, but probably the last 25 years in Luke Keekley. So you, you have a great teacher there. And you, you learned a lot from him. So speaking of passing on Simmons, you know, I got I to gotta ask the Clemson guy this. So, Rodney, with that being said, man, we pass on your guy. Shaq Thompson moves uh, 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 middle linebacker. Just say some of your thoughts, man. What, what, what do you see as the outlook on that? Um, honestly, I, I I think his leadership will be valuable to a lot to the locker room, especially with the young defense. Um, honestly, I, I like Derek Brown a little more than than, than than Simmons. Actually, actually going back and looking at the tape. Um, it's nice to 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 build from the defensive line. Outward, and right. so I, I I agree with that decision. Ultimately, uh, I'm looking forward to Shaq having a big year. Um, he just he just needs to, he just needs to grab hold of that leadership that leadership role. We really right. definitely need that. Kaza, what's your thoughts on uh on Shaq moving to the middle? Um, I would hope that playing behind one of the best linebacker tandems in recent history would help him. I I got to think that. He picked up a lot playing something you know, beside yeah. beside Luke Keekley and um, and Thomas Davis. And if we remember when Keekley came into the league, he started on the weak side and then moved over after John yeah. Beeson's injury. And I, I Luke Keekley would have been great no matter what the situation, but I think playing beside John Beeson and Thomas Davis helped him a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you know when when Beeson left. Then it was his time, and I could see that that parallel with Shaq Thompson. Okay, the guy you played behind, you know, who was a Panther great, he's gone now. Now's your time to step up. Uh, really, the, the big thing for me is phys- physically. I don't think he'll have any problem playing middle. It's the smarts. Luke Keekley was one of the smartest football players I've ever seen. Long time yeah. teams used to hate playing against not just not really the Panthers defense it was Luke Keekley they hated because mm-hmm. he knew what you were gonna call before you even called it uh, I don't think Shaq Thompson is gonna have that level of acumen but he's got to be able to have some of uh, those same abilities uh, in order for the Panthers to be successful Luke Keekley actually wasn't the most physically gifted middle linebacker he was or the biggest guy yeah right. he, I mean he, uh, Shaq Thompson has, you know, is a better athlete, but I think with the Panthers' defense, to for them to be successful, he's going to have to have it up here too. So no I, I got a quick question: uh, uh, Does it concern you guys that we held on to Thomas Davis so long and that Shaq didn't supplant him earlier? No, it, it, it doesn't because I, I think that was just more. Um, experience to learn from, quite honestly, man. You know, you know what I mean. And I, and I think Thomas Davis, he 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 was here as long as he needed to be here. Yes. Quite honestly, I I really believe that, man. So so no, I I don't I don't believe that hurt. 
No, I, I think I think it really, if anything, it helped more than hurt exactly. because it doesn't it, it doesn't hurt. And, you know, unlike some sports, the NFL is one of those sports where you don't have the longest shelf life. So if you're able to learn behind someone who's not just a good linebacker, but one of the better outside better linebackers and the better leaders in the NFL on top of having Luke Keekley beside you, I don't think it's not a bad thing. And really, you saw what happened when he actually got more playing time. The numbers produced. Now, one thing that, that Shaq does have over a lot of linebackers, especially his division, he has he's very good in the pass. Yeah. He already can cover running backs and all and also can play in pass coverage. And a division that you need as many people guarding tight ends and guarding running backs out of the pass, he can do that. The so, real question and, and is sometimes even slot receivers, depending on the matchup. Exactly. And the one thing that he has to adjust is which he gotten better is that his I think this was last year was his best year by pro football focus when it comes to covering the run. Last yeah. year was the best year he's ever had. So now that he's the focal point of the defense, you're right. He's going to have to learn how to call plays on defense. He's going to have to be that vocal leader. But I think when you've been around people who've done it long enough, you develop your own voice. And the good thing is that he's been there for a while. It's not some brand. It's not to hear Whitehead coming in trying to take over the linebacking core. This is it's his. his it, it's a good person. I mean, with, all the, with, with all the turnover that the Panthers have had on both sides of the ball, but particularly defense, this is his defense now. Yeah, he's, I don't know if he's the most senior member on the defense, but I mean, with this season, yeah, I mean, it's his defense. And like you said, he's going to develop his own voice and he's going to have to make people listen to him. He's going to he's going to have to earn some of that role. This is not going to be given to him just because and, and middle linebacker for like, like you said, Danny, middle linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. That's those, that's big shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. not just recently, but historically, you got Sam Mills, mm-hmm. you got John Beeson, Dan Morgan, Luke Keekley, and then even on the outside, you had guys like Lamar Latham and Kevin Green. The linebacker core of the Carolina Panthers is all solid. Our position with the most pride. He's gonna have to now that he's the guy. He's gonna have to really earn uh, that role, and it can't just be via production and numbers. He's gonna yeah. have to uh, be the guy in the locker room. He's gonna have to. Like you said, create his own voice. And so, and, yeah. and then let me piggyback on that point too. Um, it's also beneficial that that Luke Luke Lickley is still in the organization. Yes, to help no him recognize. Okay, you yeah. need to do this and stuff like that to, to help him out. And I was yeah. I was just gonna say th- this becomes even more important because you got to keep in mind we have seven new starters on on defense, and not only that, you have uh, you have all these. We we drafted nothing but. Uh, our draft picks are nothing but defensive players, so it, it becomes even that much more important. And you got a new defensive coordinator. So with all that being said, this this may be a lot for Shaq Thompson to kind of take on, man. But you know, I, from the from the looks of it, looks like Matt Rule trusts him. So we'll we'll see how it goes, man. I don't know. I think it's actually I think it, the situation is actually beneficial to Shaq compared to being in the Ron Rivera system. And I'll say this because when you have a brand new system, brand new defensive coordinator. Seven new starters on defense, and the coach is saying, "Listen, here's what everything needs to be done. You're my guy. Right? You, you're not you're not taking over in a Ron Rivera system because the first thing you think of Ron Rivera, you're going to think of Luke Keekley. You're going to yeah. think of John Beeson, Dan Moore. You're going to think of those. Matt Rule is going to establish his own his, his his own, and you establish your own with one of the guys that has been there. So it's a little bit different, I think. And I think it's actually more beneficial to him because, like you said, new defense." You're not having to take over. You're not going to have to learn new play calls and everything. You're learning a whole new system in general. So everybody's learning. Not just you, but the other 11 guys on defense, the other guys you drafted, the guys you're returning. Because, listen, it's good. transitioning defenses is not the easiest thing in the NFL, but 
if everybody's transitioning into it, it's not such a bad idea. Not yeah. So I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. All right, man. It, it remains to be seen, man. There's, there's, needless to say, there, there's a ton of turnover uh, when it comes to this Panthers defense. Um, you know, I, I, I again, man, I, I think the Panthers brass trust Shaq Thompson based off what he did last season. And this is one one question I wanted to ask you, Danny. Um, to me, it felt it felt like we saw a jump last season from Shaq Thompson. Like there, there was an ascension mm-hmm. and it was obviously Shaq Thompson's best year. Why do you think that was? Was there any one thing that 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 stands out as far as uh, contributing to, to him having such a great year last year? I think in watching the film I've watched of him uh, from beginning to end, it seemed like towards the end of the season, uh, especially after the coaching change, it seemed like he was a little bit more freer in the running game because we all know about how good he was guarding running backs. But if you look at the last think, four of the last five games, he had, I think, multiple double-digit tackles in a couple of those games. And a lot of those games, it was a lot of solo tackles. So it feels like he was getting more adjusted to being that guy in the transition process. It all it's just really about confidence. He kept getting more confident in being able to stop the run, being able to see coverages a lot better. And to be honest with you, I think this is the fact of just maturation and growth. And that's why I think that he has the ability to be arguably, I think, maybe even the best middle linebacker in the division. And that includes division when you have guys like you know, Deion Jones out in Atlanta, um, I, the linebacker from New, uh, New Orleans. I can't remember. Uh, Mario Davis in New Orleans. Yeah. You have good you have good middle linebackers. And then you have uh, Devin White in Tampa. You have good middle linebackers in the division. Thompson has the ability to be the best middle linebacker in this division at the end of the season if he continues at that pace he's been going at. I praise. I praise for your cousin. Strong statement, man. <laughs> All right, man. And not we, because of your Thompson. Not because of your Thompson, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you, you sure that's not why, why you wrote the article, man? I, I just thought about that, man. So y'all not y'all yeah. not a distant cousins, you know. You know. <laughs> nah, we, no kid folk that I know of. Mm-mm. All right. All right, we're, we're going to move on, man. We're going to talk about the NBA bubble. The NBA bubble is hot right now, man. Some entertaining games going on in the NBA bubble. Not much defense, but, however, very entertaining. We want to talk about uh, – first, let's start with the obvious, man. We had a, we had a really good play-in game, yeah. the NBA play-in game last night between the, uh, the, the Trailblazers and the Memphis Grizzlies. I want to get – let's start with Rodney, man. Rodney, did you watch the game? What are your impressions on both teams going forward? And when I say forward, meaning immediate future and near future. Uh, me, me and Danny talked about this a little bit yesterday, man. Like, Portland is a dangerous team, man. The re the, the, the addition of Nurkic is, was, was, was so big for that team, man. Totally agree, yeah. The Lakers, the Lakers need to watch out. It's, it's, it's going to be a tight series. It's, it's going to be a very, 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 very tight series. I think it's going to go six games against the Lakers. And with the Grizzlies, man, the sky's the limit for them, man. Ja is a gamer. Ja is Ja's awesome. Better than Trey Young. I said that. Um, <laughs> both of y'all faces is funny, man. Look, look, man. Look, the Grizzlies next year, man, they're going to be a top seven playoff team in, in the West, man. I agree with that. Jaron Jackson. I agree with that. Jaron Jackson Jr. will be better. I agree with that. Justice Justice Winslow will, 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 will be introduced to the lineup, and Ja will be a better player, man. I, I'm I look, the future is so bright for Memphis, man. I'm telling you. Look, hey, John ja, ja Moran got a real good lesson from CJ McCollum last <laughs> night, and as I kind of enjoyed seeing it, quite honestly, man. man we, we all got to take our lumps, man. 
Yeah, no, exactly. But but the young man has a bright future, man. Uh, uh, Danny, what you got on on the on the Blazers and the Grizzlies from last night? I mean, arguably, it might be the most entertaining game we've had all season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, I actually have an article coming out today on three-point conversion sometime this afternoon about the bubble itself and what they should go for. But I'll, I'll go into it now a little bit. To me, the playing game might have been arguably the, the best thing the NBA has done in a while. And then the NBA has been super creative when it comes to things. All right. But mind you, the NBA is also, I would call, they're the P. Diddy when it comes to sports. And I'll say, I'll, call, I'll say it when it comes to this. They take other sports ideas, oh. remix it, and make a hit out of it. <laughs> I like that analogy, man. I, I, I was concerned. I'm like, P. Diddy? Hmm. I like, yeah, well, think about this. So think about this. If you go back to the All-Star game, for example, yeah, the, the, cap, the, the captains, they yeah. got that from the NHL. The NHL did that years ago. Televising it, picking captains, picking teams, they did that. The Elam ending, uh, the ending of the All-Star game last year wasn't theirs. It came from the basketball tournament, the Elam ending. The 24 was all because of Kobe. That was NBA's spin on how the game should end. If you look at some of the things the NBA has done, they've gotten it from other sports, which is not a bad thing. The play, the, the playing game comes from Major League Baseball. Baseball has game number 163. Yep. The only difference about it is the NBA put their own spin on it. And now you have one game to determine who plays Los Angeles Lakers. Right. And for one Saturday afternoon, for those people who've never watched the Memphis Grizzlies, I guarantee you their national TV stock just went through the roof yesterday because of the way John Morant played. And so it was great basketball. Now, Memphis being a top seven seed, Rodney, you forget there is a light-skinned duo out in Oakland that didn't make the playoffs last year that has got a humongous chip on their shoulder. Yeah, very true. Um you know, there, there's a duo. I'm not, I'm not sure if you heard of those guys, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. <laughs> and and, and no. Danny, the real, the real LSU. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to think, those two guys are angry. Like, those two guys sat last season, you know, and watched the Warriors go down in flames, and they weren't able to do nothing about it. Top seven, Memphis still has some issues. Memphis, you, you got to think, well, what, what team they're going to replace in the top seven? They're not replacing Dallas. Utah. Remember, Utah's missing. Utah's missing Bogdanovich. You're I, missing I, 21 points a game. And, and, and I, with Utah, I'm I'm not high on Mike Conley next year either. Before we go on to that, let's save some. <laughs> let's save some for a little later because we we about to go on the tangent. Kaiser, I want to get your thoughts on last night and those two teams going forward. We we'll get to that, fellas. Me um, and Danny about to have an argument. Yeah, y'all about to go. Out. <laughs> let, let, let me step in real let quick. Me say this specifically about the bubble in general. People are putting way too much stock into the bubble. I know Please it's been a long time. Think about this. The Please expound. The gap, the gap between the last NBA game mm -hmm. and the first bubble game is the same as the gap between the end of the NBA finals and the beginning of the preseason, maybe a little bit longer. You've got people playing. There's no defense. No defense. I don't care anybody says. People are like, oh, the games are competitive. Well, yeah, because every team can go out and score 120 points a game now. There's no crowd pressure. They're playing on neutral court. The context of these games is completely different than a normal NBA game. Absolutely. And Kaiser, let, let me cut you off really quickly because I, I, I want to I get it in real quickly. To Also, to that point, I believe it makes a huge difference when the referees don't make the hometown calls. Yeah, they don't they don't have the crowd pressure to make these critical calls and critical moments either. And I think that makes a difference. I didn't but go ahead, brother. I mean to cut you off. No, these games 
to me seem like the beginning of a new NBA season, which if you've ever watched the NBA ever, you know not to put a lot of stock into the beginning of an NBA season. Just two years ago, the Charlotte Hornets were the number one team in the Eastern Conference after the first 15 games of the season. Remember, we were all excited about that. How did that end? Because once teams start to get their chemistry and start to get their rhythm, things change a lot. So, to the Portland-Memphis game, super, super entertaining. We got to see why Dame Lillard is, is one of the best guards probably in the league now that Steph Curry's injured. But do we really think they're going to give the Lakers a challenge in a playoff series once because, okay, LeBron and AD going to get that chemistry back. Teams are going to settle into their rhythm. I don't – how are they going to stop – how are they going to stop Anthony Davis? Okay. Who's going to stop – let, let, let me talk real quick. I, I, I got a real quick point. I got a real quick point. Kaiser, I see your point, but the Lakers have a major – problem right now that that this feeds into the port it's like taking candy from a baby with the blazers the lakers guard play is horrendous right now defensively and offensively look as much as your question asks how are they going to stop anthony davis who in the hell is going to guard damian lillard or cj mccollum once he gets healthy so but go ahead with your point that's true but Unless unless Portland can do a can pull off a uh, a Golden State, which Golden State is the only team in recent history in which guard play alone maybe won a championship. In 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 that's we're just forgetting about Draymond Green. I don't see that happening again against the greatest player of our generation and his teammate who is actually playing better than him now. I I think that. The, the Lakers are the best team in the West because they are. Let's not forget the, the Blazers had to play a play-in game to even play them. That matters. A lot, a lot of that due to them being unhealthy a lot of the year. Let, let's, let's add some context true. to that. That's true, but everyone, I mean, everyone's healthy, un- unhealthy at times during, during the season. I, I, I think that recency bias uh, has a lot to, to – is how we uh, a lot of fans are looking at – uh, what we're seeing in the bubble, and a lot of people are like, oh boy, the Lakers are in trouble. Mm, I don't know. If, I don't know about that. <laughs> and look, and, and there, there might be a lot of people like me who want the Lakers to be in well, trouble, but you got it. Knocks LeBron James out of the playoffs because boy, those conversations on Facebook are going to be so fun to have. Gets bounced from the playoffs with Anthony Davis, but I, I don't see it based on what you've seen in the bubble. Gotcha. Okay. Rodney, what you got? Danny, Danny, Danny. The issue got? I have, so to Kaza's point, yes, who's going to guard Anthony Davis? The only thing that can guard Anthony Davis is an injury. That's the only thing that can guard Anthony Davis is he's getting hurt. The problem with the Lakers is that who is going to, not, not just CJ McCallum and Dane Lillard, who's going to guard Yusef Nurkic? Because JaVale McGee, I mean, Space Cadet JaVale McGee and the artist <laughs> formerly known as Dwight Howard will not do anything to Yusef Nurkic. Listen. Hey, hey, look, like- you, I, I, real, real quick, Danny. You got two guys in Howard and McGee. You, you, know those, you know those ratings on NBA 2K where it says, like, defensive IQ? Mm-hmm. If, I had, if I had to guess, they would be amongst the lowest in the league. <laughs> And the last time I checked, Nurkic is pretty damn good on the pick and roll. But go ahead, sir. And the thing is, he comes out and pulls out the pick and pop. Anthony yeah. Davis doesn't want to bang with Yusef Nurkic. No. We all know that. He, he, they call him the Bosnian beast for a reason. No one wants to go against him. 
The issue Portland has in the series is that Portland has too many lapses on defense. If you watch the game yesterday, they were up 16 points in the first quarter. Dame Willard goes out of the game. And next thing you know, Memphis has got the lead midway through the second quarter. There's too many defensive low laps. And for a team like the Lakers that has LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that means that's like a shark going in for the kill. That's Mike Tyson grabbing a shark on Shark Week and putting him to sleep. That's what it is. (laughs) Also, when when the game's on the line, who do you trust more, Dame Lillard or LeBron James? Dame Lillard right right now. Dame Dame Lillard Lillard right now, bro. I I take LeBron James. Ask Paul George what Dame Lillard does. LeBron James has done it. I understand when LeBron was in the East, it was different, but there were series that he had no business winning. They should. There's no reason those bad Cleveland teams should have swept the Toronto Raptors, but they did because they had LeBron James. And I think that if it comes down to it, it's just hard to bet against LeBron James. No, I I agree with that. In in, in the, uh, these last eight games. Oh, I, I'm not saying the Lakers are going to lose the series. I think the Lakers will probably win in six or maybe seven. The one thing that the Lakers, like we meant, like I think Jamal mentioned earlier, is the fact that the Lakers have horrible guard play. And when you have a, a backcourt that can score 60 points a game, I'm sorry, unless even if Rondo comes back, remember Rondo missed all the bubble. He's not back in game shape. So that leaves you with no Avery Bradley. That leaves you with uh, Kentavious Caldwell, KCP, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. You have Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, and Alex Caruso, and Danny Green attempting to guard Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in the series. That means guard, LeBron guards in the NBA though is never it, it's it's the hardest thing to do with all of it is. especially when especially when one can pull up from forty five feet right. from a logo and so, just and splash right. LeBron James is the de facto point guard for the Lakers. He's he really is. It, it doesn't absolutely really, absolutely agree. He's got someone as long as J.R. Smith can still stand behind the three point line and be a threat. I think the Lakers would be okay offensively when it comes to guard play. Yeah, defensively, yeah, no one's gonna be able to guard uh, Dame and C.J. But no one can guard them anyway. Uh, hell, no one could guard Kimball Walker, and we saw how far that got us. So, Great point. So I. Let- I, you look, know, they're gonna let Dave and CJ get theirs. I think the the big matchup there is gonna be uh, the big man play. It, yeah, it really is. And then when you have a wing like LeBron James, uh, I I don't know. I don't. I just don't want. I don't want to put too much stock into what's going on. Uh, Rodney, what you got? Hold on. Let, let me, let's get let's get Rodney in here. Yeah, go Rodney. One factor that to me that 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 could that 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 could take the series is. Uh, I think Dame might be a little winded after that stretch run, um, and then, and then, and then CJ has a back injury as well, so that may play into the Lakers' favor. But the Lakers cannot check those two, man. I, it, like, let, let me let me speak to that real quick. The 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 Blazers have a couple of X factors. CJ McCollum being the most obvious one, mainly because of his health. We all know he hasn't been healthy lately. He, he's been struck, uh, you know, other than yesterday, he had been struggling up to that point. If CJ McCollum is healthy, and I do mean if, big stars by if, I think it makes a big difference in that series. I'll give you another X factor real quickly. Carmelo Anthony is an X factor. And, and, I, and my answer as to why may surprise both of y'all. Not necessarily what he does on the offensive end. I am mainly concerned when Portland decides when they do small ball and Melo is playing four, how is that going to – is that going to really bode well defensively going up against the Lakers who have all kind of front court, front court production? So 
just a couple of X factors I wanted to mention. But Rodney, if you have some more thoughts, please share them, sir. I didn't mean to cut you off. Man, you got it, man. Um, right. I, 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 look, I just don't know about Melo, man. Like Melo, Melo. Look, congratulations to Melo for 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 finally accepting his role. But to me, he's a big negative on the defensive end. And Absolutely, Mello, I agree. And and and, and, and Melo is no longer a three in the NBA. He's a four, and that can. That's 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 that that's a potential problem for Portland in the, in the long run to me. I, I don't think it's a potential problem. The reason being is that well, Zach Collins got hurt yesterday, and Zach Collins mm-hmm. is a key part of the rotation for for Portland. So even if if even if Skinny Mellow has to slide to the four, that allows Gary Trent to be in the game. Gary Trent's their best on ball defender, which means that allows him to be the one to take LeBron James because Trevor Reese is not available. You want to remember LeBron? Do, you, do we really want to do this? <laughs> okay, okay, that's the same thing. Do you want Alex Caruso guarding Damian Lillard? You pick your absolutely poison. Not. Nah, well, no, absolutely yeah, not. I, I think I think the key part of the series is what Frank Vogel is going to do late in games. I don't think I think for the first 40, 40, 40 to forty five minutes or so, you're not going to see LeBron James on Damian Lillard. But I guarantee you, in the final three to five minutes of a game, LeBron James is the best defender on the Lakers team. Other than Contavious Carl Pope, I will. I, I guarantee you'll see more LeBron James on Damian Lillard at the end of games. Man, it's look, like this. That's that. That's, that's, that's the only way you're going to listen. I will let Carmelo thing, Anthony. Man. I will let Carmelo thing. Anthony and CJ McCollum beat me before I let Damian Lillard beat me in any series. So <laughs> you're going to put if if anybody like like Takaza's point, LeBron James is arguably the not arguably he is the best player in our generation. Yeah. And if LeBron wants to, he can shut anybody down defensively. We've seen it, but we've seen it before. I mean, look, Danny, LeBron, Danny, real quick, Danny, real quick. With Derrick Rose, man. Listen, Danny, real quick, man. Look, mm-hmm. we all we all saw that defensive possession where LeBron was guarding two guys to basically seal the game. My only question here is: Is LeBron James at age thirty five? Can he do that consistently? And does he even need to do it consistently? He doesn't. Have, the thing is, the Lakers will let Damian Lillard do what he wants to for 45 minutes of the game. As long as the game is close, when it comes down to clutch time, I guarantee you'll see LeBron James guarding him unless LeBron is completely winded. But if anybody knows how LeBron James is in the playoffs, when he when he's locked in, he's, he's locked, locked in. in. And that's yeah, I don't care if he's 35, 45 or 85. He's still locked in. <laughs> Play, playoff LeBron is a real thing. <laughs> All right, now locked in. Right, right, right. So, fellas, what we have not talked about in the NBA bubble is the East. My first question here is: Is it is it basically the Milwaukee Bucks Invitational, or is there anybody else that has a chance? Hey, Toronto. Austin, Toronto, Miami, Miami. No. No, I disagree. No, 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 no. Okay, I don't. So what you, you you don't agree with Miami? I don't agree with Miami, man. No, really? No, I, I think they're overrated, no, dude. I do. No, no, no. Look, Miami is so deep, man. Look, look to, to me, my, Miami, my, Miami is the third best team in the East to me. Jimmy Butler, ba- look, Bam is a great player, man. I'm telling you, Bam is a game changer. You. you you got the shooters with uh, Duncan Robinson, and you, you you got Kendrick Nunn. My, Miami's damn good, man. Would you if you if you were if you were a betting man, would you bet your money that they would beat the Indiana Pacers in the seven game series? Yes, without without Sabonis, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I might would take that bet. I don't think they beat what? Milwaukee or Boston. Boston Here's the thing: if it, 
Boston is the if only Indy- team in the last 25 years. Hold on, three scores. That's a that's a ridiculous stat. And then, of course, we see what Milwaukee's doing. They've got one of the more unguard, probably the only unguardable player in the East. I don't know. I don't see it. Danny, what you got? Here's the thing. If Indiana has Sabonis, Indiana's the best team to beat Milwaukee if they had a healthy Sabonis. As long as they had Sabonis, Indiana was the best team to beat Milwaukee. When it comes to Boston, here's the issue I have with Boston. Boston's main problem is they don't – I like Daniel Tice at center, but he becomes a liability. Yeah. There's no way Jason Tatum is going to guard Giannis in the series. That's just not going to happen. No. Who is no. who? Are, who are they going to guard? Two. Kemba Walker is not 100 percent healthy. We've watched him hobble around the bubble. He's not healthy. All right. I love Marcus Smart, but the reason why they brought in Kemba Walker is to do what Kyrie Irving was supposed to do. And if it comes in fourth quarter of games, he's the guy that's going to take you off the dribble and either a step back, b get Jason Tatum better shots, or c find ways to get Jalen Brown the offense. If Kemba's still not 100 percent. Boston is a liability a bit. I like Toronto. Toronto has everything going for him. The only thing with Toronto is, is Fred Van Fleet going to be the closer before Pascal Siakam is? If Van Fleet's the closer, Toronto has every chance of winning it. I love Pascal Siakam, but there's a difference. When you can knock down shots from anywhere on the court and you can, you, and you can, and you can create off the dribble, it's more dangerous than a guy like Siakam who does a little bit what Giannis does, but the only thing is that he's not as long, he's not as quick, and he's not as athletic as Giannis, but who is? All right, so listen, I have a question I want to present to y'all as far as as far as far Boston goes. We all know Boston, a lot of small ball, don't really have a, a, a traditional four or five for that matter. So when these playoff games slow down and, 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 it's, and you start to grind it out and Boston's lack of interior defense and rebounding, how much does that come to bite them in the butt come playoff time? Is it a big concern? This is why they miss out Horford. They're going to miss yeah. Horford in this part of the year. And and, and, and and my biggest concern with Boston, too, man, is looking at that bench, it's not good. It's not good at all. They're, they're not a deep team. They're, 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 they're front-loaded heavy, and, and that's it. And then Danny brought the point, Kimba's not healthy. I, I I don't trust Brad Wanamaker to close games out of Kimba Kent. Right. Kaiser, what you got? Um, other teams have to find a way to match at least 60 points. That's tough to do in the NBA. You've got That's to agree. If you cannot agree. match at least 60 points from your starters, uh, then you're going to have a tough time beating Boston. Now, that might be enough to carry them to meet the Bucks, but I, I still think the NBA is superstar-driven. you got to have a generational talent to win a championship. You must. And really, it's, it's Giannis's world right now. I mean, I, I just I have a hard time thinking anyone can beat him in a seven-game series just because of the kind of player that he is. Danny, now, Danny, help me out with something real quick. Danny, help me out with something real quick. We're gonna go. We're gonna get back to overrated Miami in a second, but I need you to help me out with something. <laughs> um, uh, Milwaukee had had a couple of players not come to the bubble. Help me out with who they are. But the question I want to ask. How, it, does that hurt them and their chances in winning the East? Well, everybody's back now. Everybody's back. Milwaukee's, everybody's Milwaukee's, back. Back, Milwaukee's back in full strength. Uh, okay. Eric Bledsoe, it, uh, I want to say it was not DiVincenzo, but uh, <laughs> Pat Connington. It was Pat Connington. They both had missed the start of the bubble. Milwaukee's 100% healthy for the playoffs. But, Jamal, to your point, why is Miami dangerous in the playoffs? 
Well, when you add Jay Crowder and you add Andre Iguodala, the reason why though they make a difference is it adds more versatile defenders to guard Giannis. You're not going to stop him. You're not going to stop him. Right. The object is to slow him down. All right. You make him work for every basket in the playoffs. It's all about guys who can defend and guys who are long. Giannis, uh, Giannis is going to go against Giguodala. He's going to go against uh, Jay Crowder. Don't forget, Bam Adebayo is very long as well, too. The player that no one's talked about, we mentioned Jimmy Butler, is Goran Dragic. Yep. Dragic is their sixth man now. Dragic is one of the better shooters in the league. He, get, he distributes the ball very well. And if you leave him open, it's going in. <laughs> there have been many nights where he gets you 20 points off the bench. You forget about it. Duncan Robinson's a shooter. Tyler Hero. The, Horn- the Hornets and the Magic forgot about Tyler Hero in the draft. He can shoot the basketball. Can, can, we, can he, we not bring that up, please? Sir? Listen, <laughs> it, it is what it is. I mean, but you mentioned Kendrick Nunn, and Kendrick Nunn has been missing in the bubble. Kendrick Nunn has been awful in the bubble. Now, what hurts Miami is the fact that Derrick Jones Jr. got hurt on Friday night, and he's a key rotational piece, another guy who can guard Giannis, another guy who's long. If Derrick Jones is not available in this series, yeah. if it gets around to – that's going to hurt. But Miami can shoot the three. They can go three-point for three-point with Milwaukee in the series. They have enough shooters to go with it. You're going to let Giannis get his. But here's the thing. Jimmy Butler's going to lock down Chris Middleton. Who is going to be the next guy in line for Milwaukee? Eric Bledsoe got punked by Terry Rozier in the playoffs two years ago and has never been the same. As well as during the season. <laughs> but that's another story. But, hey, um, hey, exactly. Hey, guys, 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 I got a question for you guys. Do y'all think the process has been a complete disappointment? Um, not a let me let me take this one first. Not a complete disappointment, but highly underwhelming. Yes. So in in a word, yes, it's been a disappointment. There's context to this. Look, they were god awful for I don't know how long. And 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 granted that they were awful for that long. To me, it's supposed to bring you better results. They have championship expectations, in my opinion. They're just not ready yet. Embiid and Simmons is not a good fit. I don't care what anybody says. The chemistry is has been off with them for the last two or three seasons. So, in a word, yes, it has been a disappointment. Seven first-round draft picks, four of those top three. What do you have to show for it? What do you have to show for it? You, right. You have Embiid and Simmons, both of which don't even want to play for your team anymore. They're about to be back where they were before they started the process and to note, they had the same record as the Toronto Raptors during the 2011-2012 season. Same exact record. Philly chose to tank. Toronto chose to uh, continue to build their team. One of those teams has a championship. The process was just something that the GM was telling the fans to kind of uh, preserve his job. Uh, okay, it got into the second round of the playoffs. Good job. Awesome. I disagree. The process has been incomplete because they fired the GM before the process even completed. The reason why the, 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 the Sixers got so to the point where they were is because Sam Hinkie moved around. You got to think, yeah, they had seven first-round picks. But remember, Sam Hinkie's process turned Michael Carter-Williams into the rookie of the year, which allows you to ship him off for assets, which allowed you to have free agent cap space. Remember, Sam Hinkie turned water into wine, basically. The reason why this has been a, pro- a problem was the second they fired Sam Hinkie and they brought in Brian Colangelo, Colangelo traded all the parts away. He went out and used all those parts to go get Tobias Harris. He used all the parts to go rent out Jimmy Butler, which they did not resign. They turned Jimmy Butler into, into what? 
Josh Richardson to Josh Richardson because guess what? Their point guard did not want to deal with Jimmy Butler's um his ways in the locker room. Why is Joel Embiid happy? Because he was happy with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler held everybody accountable in the locker room, except for the, the star player who's the fresh prince who did not want to hear it. <laughs> but you gotta I, I yeah, LSU, exactly. He had to look and say, how can I win now? Because as far as we knew, we didn't know LeBron James is going to go to L.A. And, until, you know, it, it actually happened. I think teams are saying, in the East are saying, we got to win now. We can't sit back and wait five, six, seven seasons for Embiid and Simmons in the pieces we put around them to gel. So let's go out and get a Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris and make this instant big three that can compete. And uh, I mean, it didn't work out, but uh, I just uh, think the, the idea of tanking to get all of these picks, is, it's like, like, hey, we're going to try to get as many darts as we can and throw at the dark world until we hit a bullseye. And then you right. hey. hit the bullseye, you hit the 20 point. And- let, me, let me say one quick thing. Let me say one quick thing. This is an entirely different conversation if that shot doesn't go in in the Raptors and 76er series. So let, let's let's keep that in mind. It's, it's also completely different if Markel Fultz's shoulder doesn't go out before the season starts either. If Markel Fultz's shoulder doesn't go out, we we're looking at a totally different a totally different situation because Markel Fultz in college was was what, 23, 24 points a game when yeah. he had confidence. Now, when you have that uh, the TOS injury, and to be honest with you, when you have the TOS injury, no player has come back being the same. The only player in the league that's ever had it before Fultz was Ben Udo's, and he was out of the league in two years because he never recovered from it. It's, it's a shoulder injury. It's also mental at the same time. Markel Fultz, and I think Fultz's injury, firing Sam Hinkie all at the same time in that same realm, killed the, tor- killed the process. Philadelphia had it, Philadelphia had it right. Hinky had beat the system. He figured it out. He moneyballed the whole system. They changed. It the almost system. worked. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I need more. They changed the system than what he got even before he was fired. For me to they say, they changed the lottery system because of him. So you had to win. Only, be, but 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 it, but it didn't prove itself. To, it didn't come to any fruition. The Seventy Sixers were. I mean, the the, the closest they got was maybe a missed shot from making the, the Eastern Conference Finals with the, the players they accumulated. It's just, I mean, the, the idea that, okay, we can be so bad that we have uh, more chances at a generational talent than other teams in the league, and that will lead us to a championship. It didn't work because you didn't get any generational talent. I'm sorry, Joel Embiid is a great player. He's not Joel Embiid before this season played less games than Cody Zeller did in the same amount of time. Because he did so much. I, it, did I, he score seven times the points though, and get five thousand times the rebounds? I, I guys, real, real quickly, listen, real quickly because of time, and this, I listen. If it were up to me, I would want to go on about the NBA in the bubble for another hour, but we got to wrap this up because hey, of time. Hey, quick, quick, quickly, quickly. One word answer. Elton Brand grades. Let's go. Incomplete. Yes. C minus. D plus. He kept to my he kept to Bias Harris. D plus. Yeah. So with that being said, I, I got I got two quick questions for y'all. Finals predictions, most disappointing team in the East and the West. Danny, we'll start with you. 
the finals, it's going to be the same as I had at the beginning of the season, Lakers Bucks. Um, if as long as the Lakers can get out of the, the Blazer series, the the four five matchup is easy for them. The real question is how much rest they're going to have in time for waiting on Kawhi Leonard. That's even if the it's even if the Clippers even get to the conference finals. Because beating Denver is not going to be an easy task, especially if Michael Porter Jr. is shooting the basketball the way he is. That's going to be a fun series to watch. But I have I have Lakers Bucks because the East is completely weak. So that's what I got. And uh, most disappointing team in the West, the most disappointing team in the West, I might get flamed for it. I think it's the Sacramento Kings. The injuries and the talent of Marvin Bagley, they should have been right there. Yeah. If they did make the playoff, they should have been right around eight. They're the most disappointing team in the West. And the most disappointing team in the East, <sighs> Chicago. Chicago? <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. Chicago, has, Chicago has a lot of talent on their team. Jim Borland was a terrible coach, and now he's gone. Now, whoever the coach in Chicago is, as long as they get those boys to play defense, listen, Chicago might make a run at the eighth spot in the East next year in the playoffs, maybe even seven. All right. Rodney, what you got? Uh, finals, I got Clippers, Bucks, uh, Clippers in six. Uh, most disappointing team in the West. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Portland, but – that's because of the injuries. I, I recognize that, that. That's because of the injuries. Um, the most disappointing team in the East. Philly, man. Philly. All right. Kaiser, what you got? Um, let's see. Well, Lakers, Bucks. I know that's the sexy, easy pick, but that was my pick at the beginning of, this, of the season. Lakers, Bucks. And I actually, I'd pick the Bucks to win that series. Um, most disappointing team in the West. I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm gonna say the Spurs. I feel like, you know, I, I had an argument with some Toronto's Raptors fans, and we were talking about the impact of Demar Derozan, and they were acting like he was like he was like just just some trash player. And I'm <laughs> like, you can't. You, when you average in 27 points a game, you cannot be. Trash. Trash. I feel like the Spurs should be much better than they are with a player of DeMar DeRozan's caliber. I don't. I just don't understand why the Aldridge DeRozan experiment just didn't work. I. I it, it puzzles me, especially considering they have maybe the greatest, one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. And I understand that they had some injuries, and but I, I just don't understand why Pop could couldn't make that work and make the, the Spurs. Uh, at least competitive in the West. As far as the East, uh, I'm going to say the Orlando Magic. And I know Danny is, uh, he knows a lot more about the Orlando Magic than than I do. But from the outside looking in, I feel like, okay, so they're the A seed in the East again, which some people will say, well, hey, look at what Clifford had to work with. They've been to the playoffs uh, last season and now this season. But shouldn't they be better? I don't feel like they – They've improved any, and I understand they had some in- injuries. But with with the Western Con- with the Eastern Conference as weak as it is, like squeak, like barely squeezing into an eighth seed, I, I just feel like the, the Magic should be better than that. Considering I know that they have some talented players, uh, so it'll be interesting to see it, it. You know how they do in the, in, in the playoffs if they're even competitive, even a little bit uh, with Milwaukee. I mean, I don't see it, but. Um, yeah, those are my all right. So, real quickly, um, 
I'm, I'm reluctantly going Clippers Bucks, and I say reluctantly because every time I pick against those damn Lakers, they always come on top. But I just think Montreal Montrez Harrell coming back is going to be the difference in that. Uh, most disappointing team in the West. My answer may surprise some. I feel like the Dallas Mavericks should be better. Uh, most disappointing team in the East. Um, I'm probably gonna go with. I'm probably gonna go with Chicago as well because I look at some of that young talent and I don't. I don't get why they're not better. I don't get why Zach Levine is. It, it, I, I don't I don't th- I don't understand why you don't get the most out of him. He's a great young talent. Wendell Carter's a great young talent. You're right. <laughs> right. So <laughs> Lord Marketing is a Charlotte killer. <laughs> Lord Marketing is a good one. So with, with all that being said, I don't I, I don't understand why they're not better. They fire their coach, so we'll see next season. But quickly, guys, we gotta move on to what I believe is just some it, look, we're going to file this in the dumbass department. Rookie Kamal Silverin from the Seattle Seahawks. <sighs> Tried to sneak a, a girl into a uh, training camp over the weekend, and he paid the ultimate price for it. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, cut him a day later. So my question to that is, was this deserved? <laughs> I know that's a layup, but go first. first. I was like, okay, let me see the picture of the young lady. (laughs) And (laughs) this was deserved. (laughs) He was cut cut appropriately, and he should have been fine as well. I'm done. (laughs) Kaiser, what you got, man? Um. Even if even if we weren't in the midst of a global pandemic, sneaking a girl into training camp is a big no-no. Uh, so when you add the fact that these uh, professional sports bubbles are very delicate anyway, uh, yeah, absolutely it was deserved. You, you just endangered the health of your teammates and everyone else working to make an NFL season for, uh, you know, yeah, it was a deserved. four. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm just saying that he might have known her from before and she might have looked like a four, but you know what I'm saying? You get her back to the crib and she's a 10. That 10s that won't do. That's what I'm <laughs> Danny, the what walk. you got, man? The walk. How, how do I follow that? All right. Wasn't it well, wasn't well deserved? Yeah, it was well deserved. Yeah, to the, the guys' point, it's a global pandemic outside. This is a normal time. Like you already know, every, everything's on lock and key. But what made it worse was he had the girl dress up as as a player, as a player, as a player, as a player. All right. Who, my question is, what player was she supposed to be? Indeed. She didn't look. Like she wasn't Russell Wilson. No, 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 no. <laughs> We see the kicker. My question is: If you're going to dress up in anything, if you're going to dress up in dress her up as a damn mascot, do something. Be creative. Sneaker as the mascot. But listen, and, and look, Danny, they, they, they didn't have like water bottles around, like a medical kit. She could have walked. Like she, like they didn't think she could get away with being a trainer. Like really, yeah, so you, yeah. you put a. <laughs> that's my question, dress, man. No one suspects the mascot. I don't know, but like, here's the thing: You're an undrafted rookie. On a twenty thousand dollars signing bonus, trying to get an NFL roster. Rosters are eighty five deep now, so you have a really good chance of making this roster. <laughs> you have a good chance. This the NFL is not. There's no bubble in the NFL season. You couldn't wait a month. You're telling me 
those cheeks were not worth waiting a month for. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, he deserved the ass like asshole award for that one. <laughs> so, Listen, go ahead, Rodney. This this tells me that there's going to be a stoppage in the NFL season if 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 if, if undrafted cats like him can't 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 control themselves. I can't imagine what a million dollar rookie is going to do. They shut baseball down when the Marlins went to a strip when they went to the strip club in Atlanta. You have players going to casinos in baseball. You think that shut it down? No. Nah. So, so, so here's my question, man. Here's my question. Let's say this guy was, I don't know, a starter. <laughs> Does he get cut? No. No. I think Deion Sanders mentioned that the other day in one of his posts. I think it was on like Instagram or Twitter. He was like, you know, we all did things as a rookie. We all did things when we were young. But let's just say this. No team was cutting prime. <laughs> Jamal, you back? Yeah, I'm back. Thank you. All right. So, I I I, I, I read this story, man, and, and I get it, man. I, I get players get bored, they get lonely, they get another word that I won't say on this podcast. I get it, man. But when you're Run in this hub and call it a night, <laughs> call it a night. Training camp, though. Oh man! But when, listen, when you are, in, but listen, no. when you are in this young man's position, you are a guy that is trying to make your mark on his team. You are not a starter, even. You have got to be smarter than that, man. Come on, dude. Jamal, you you look. Your volume went out. I, I'm, I was just asking, man. I was, I was just t- saying that this young man has g- obviously got to be smarter than this, man. And I was just asking if y'all had anything else on this because I'm done with this. <laughs> All I know is I got a forward this week from um, uh, a, a press release from I was at cams.com, which is adult friend finder. And they were giving out free subscriptions to NFL players as well as NBA players throughout the global pandemic because they I'll even read the email. I have itself. It says uh, in light of the firing of the rookie for the Seahawks for sneaking the girl into the dorm room, one of the lo- uh, largest world largest camming and dating sites is extended and offered to all NFL players under quarantine this season. Considering the very strict social distancing guidelines laid out, cams.com is offering NFL players and coaches a compound VIP membership to its website to, to provide the reassurance whenever they are lonely or need some extra motivation leading up to the big game. <laughs> How do you know this? I mean, I got, I got this as a press release. So it's like, but they haven't heard back from any NBA NFL players yet who've taken advantage of the services, but they have seen their stream service go up by 30%. They said. All I'm nice. saying is, to Rodney's point, you know, if you got if you have to go to extracurricular websites or watch the um the Meg the Stallion video with Cardi B, do that as much as you need to. Do not get yourself clipped. Can you imagine trying to find a new team knowing that they know the background history of you? Right. You, right. You get cut from missing a block. You got cut for trying to dress up a chick in, a, as a teammate. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. You gotta be more blunt. You got cut for a four. A four. Listen, I don't just when it comes to women, everybody's idea of what a, a one and a ten is is completely different. All right. So to him, she might be an eight, nine, or a ten. I, I'm not here to judge that. That's not that's not what I'm here for. Hey, once again, I'm saying, 
<laughs> Listen, she better be a 99. She better be a straight 99 for me to, to risk my endangerment. To risk that kind of money you could potentially be making. I'm telling you, she was probably willing to do things a nine wouldn't do. So he was like, you know what? You're going to put this Russell Wilson jersey on and we're going to get you past security. But, what was she climbing on? Was she climbing on the roof? What was she hey, doing? Hey. <laughs> uh, again, we're not talking about a starter. Listen, we're not talking about a starter. We're talking about somebody who could be working at FedEx next month. <laughs> His decision making. He's in Wawa right now. He's in Wawa right now. Put out applications. Ain't nobody hiring in a pandemic. <laughs> you better keep that twenty thousand. You better make sure you spend that twenty thousand. Save that. All right, y'all. We're gonna move on, man. Two more things before we wrap up the show today. Ronnie had an interesting uh, topic to throw out here, but we can only do one crush because of time. Because of time, no, I want everybody to name your top or most favorite whatever TV crush. Who wants to take this one first? Only one. No, no, no. I, look, I'm going to okay, go. Name, name look, five if you got them. Name look, five. Right, Rob, you go first. Number one, I was a kid, Jackie Harry. <laughs> Whoa. Number two, number two, Dasha Polanco. Number three, Felicia Rashad. Number four, Ashley Graham. Number five, Tatiana Ali. Good list. Uh, Tatiana Ali, Lark Voorhees. Thank you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Alyssa Milano, uh, Maya, and uh, them twins from that Sister Sister show. <laughs> that, do they count as one or two? Two. Do they count as one or two? Two. All right. For this experience. <sighs> yeah. Double the fun. So for me, I'm going to take Alyssa Milano. She's definitely on the list. Tati Ali is two. Um, I cannot remember her name from uh, Boy Meets World, Topanga. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She completely just flew over my head when it came to that. That's three. All right. Four. Let's see. Ooh. I'm going to have to go to the Maori twins, so I'm going to count them as one. Since Kaz if Kaza can do it, I can do it. That's one. <laughs> and, man, five. I'm going to be, you know what? I'm going to go back to this one. Give me Myra from. Family um, matters. Family matters. Yeah, family matters yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, I got. Let me see if I can get five. Uh, Lark Voorhees definitely. Uh, Tatiana Ali definitely. Um, now Rodney, you did not say we had this was a kid's crush. I have a crush on a young lady who plays on uh, Dear White People. Her name is Antoinette Robertson. She goes by Coco in that series. She's number three. I thought it was like um, TV. I thought it was like TV crushes growing up. See, now that, that completely yeah, different. different Nope, nope, nope. nope. I put no, TV all my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm probably going to say Alyssa Milano as well, and actually uh, uh, Hillary from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, good one. Good one. Good yeah. one. Yeah. Y'all, Parsons, yes. Y'all, please don't laugh at me. I, I had Raven Simone. Uh -oh. Me and her are the same age. Look, look, look. When I was a kid, she was the finest thing in the world to me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you gotta think that's why he's a Clemson, that's why he went to Clemson because his head's at all the game. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Moving on, man. Real quickly, anybody got any shout outs or shout ats or both? Um, quickly, um yesterday uh morning, um one of my uh, one of my best friends in the world, his uh his son passed away in a motorbike accident. Um, his name was Trey Clowney. He actually did our under construction shirts for us. 
Uh, he was 22 years old. Um, a, a real good kid, man. Sweet spirit. Um, just just uh, prayers out for the family. Um, they're 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 basically my family. I'm I'm the godchild. I'm I'm the godfather of, of the of the newest baby and everything. Uh, prayers up to them, man. And uh, just it's just a heartbreaking thing. Yeah, no doubt, man. Rest in peace, Trey, man. And again, he designed these T-shirts, man. Very sad story. So rest in peace to that young man. Uh, does anybody else have shout outs or shout ats? Because if y'all don't, I do. Okay, I'll go next. <laughs> this is something. This is something I don't feel like I should have to say. I don't feel like I should have to shout at and sh shout out these people, but I'm going to do it anyway. First and foremost, I want to give my heartfelt condolences to uh, the little boy who was murdered by some lunatic, five-year-old little boy. Um, his name forget escapes me right now. I'm very sorry. Thank you. I want to first give my heartfelt condolences to his family. There is absolutely zero, no justification for that ever happening to a child. The end. I want to shout at the morons who are trying to politicize this young man's death as some type of opposition to Black Lives Matter. It is absolutely asinine. It is low IQ. It is unintelligent. It is a deflection. It is everything bad that you as a rotten human being are trying to politicize this young man's death. Please stop it right now. Everyone with a clear mind and everyone who has some common sense knows that that little boy probably will receive at least legal justice for that just senseless murder. The end. I have nothing else to add. Anybody else? Arrested, arrested killers of Breonna Taylor. Yep, Kaza. I agree with I agree with all that. I got I got nothing this week. All right. So with that being said, Danny, finally, finally shout out to Danny for uh, joining us today. Yes, really appreciate you, you. Uh, gracing us with you with with your average presence. <laughs> See, you, you're going to get me started. See, the thing is, so Jamal and Cosby, here's the thing. Rodney has jumped on my show on multiple occasions and has attacked me on, on my own show. <laughs> the only thing is, good thing this is not your own show because I will light you up like hey, the Falcons, like, like Matt Ryan has done the Panthers secondary his entire career. Hey, 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 Plug your show real quick. Plug your show real quick. Plug your show, Beyond the Buzzer on Monday and Thursday nights uh, on Zingo TV Channel 198, as well as Facebook Live and anywhere else you can find the show, uh, anywhere you can find uh, media, as well as Talking Hoops on Tuesday nights, uh, 9 p.m., both on Zingo TV. And I think pretty soon, I don't know, under construction, I'll probably join the family as well, too, once we get those conversations started. So, yes, sir. Oh, oh, I, oh, 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 hey, hey, guys, before we leave, you want to hear a funny joke? Uh oh. Oh, boy. Danny said that uh, Matt Ryan's the first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's our show for today. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. Until next time, peace out, y'all. <laughs>